Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. In 1609, an English adventurer, hired by the Dutch government, led an expedition to find a path to Asia through North America. His expedition led to the European discovery of the Hudson River and the establishment of New Amsterdam, a colonial settlement that later became New York City. Henry Hudson was an English sea explorer and navigator during the early 17th century, best known for his explorations of present-day Canada and parts of the northeastern United States. After Hudson's voyage along the river that now bears his name, Dutch traders began to visit and trade in the region they called New Netherland. In 1614, the Dutch established a trading post near present-day Albany, the capital of New York State. In 1624, the Dutch West India Company built the settlement of New Amsterdam. How did the colony of New Netherland take shape and what type of labor developed it? Historian Andrea Mosterman recounts the fascinating early history of the colony and explores what life was like in New Netherland and early New York. There's a lot going on in the 17th century Atlantic world, and the Dutch are a very prominent part of that. When we look at New Netherland and really their involvement in that area, we see this really begin in 1609 with the exploration of Henry Hudson, who at that time is working for the Dutch East India Company and is trying to find a passageway to the east via North America. Now, he fails, he travels up the river that now holds his name, returns to the Netherlands, and with the information that he's returning to the Netherlands, there's a lot of interest in establishing commerce in that area, especially the fur trade. So we see that initially, the Dutch are really establishing predominantly trade ports along what is now the Hudson River and trade with the indigenous people in that region. It's not until the Dutch West India Company takes over in the 1620s that we see a more concerted effort to actually colonize the region. And it becomes then not just an important trading colony, but also strategically with it really being in between New England and Virginia. It's a very important colony in that sense, also for geopolitics, if you will. It's a place of trade. It also becomes an important place of cultivating various grains, some very fertile grounds. And they talk about this in the Netherlands, too, and then trying to promote the area. But especially during those early years, the fur trade is really what catches the attention of the Dutch and makes it a very valuable colony and very different also from the colonies more toward the south. Because, of course, there you don't have the access to the same types of furs like the beaver pelts that become so important and popular as you would have in North America and the New York region. The Dutch, as do many Europeans at the time, they claim a vast area that really is what today would be New York, New Jersey. It really extends all the way to the Delaware, in fact. So it's a vast geographic area. Now, what's important to keep in mind, though, is that technically the Dutch don't actually control all that territory. And most of the settlements are really along the Hudson River. There's a settlement by the Delaware. There's a few other places, but it's not nearly as large as the area they claim to actually control. The main settlements are, of course, New Amsterdam, which founded in 1625 in the southernmost point of Manhattan. Western Long Island is an important Dutch region that the Dutch are increasingly colonizing. 
And then along the Hudson River, the area that is now Kingston, Wildweig, became an important settlement. And of course, what today is Albany, New York, Fort Orange, and Beverwijk in the Dutch colonial period. Those were some of the main settlements. And then in Delaware, it would be Fort Casimir. It's another location where the Dutch, after they took this over from Sweden, really tried to settle in the 1650s and the 1660s. The Dutch West India Company was founded in 1621. It is appointed by the Staten General, the States General, to govern this colony. So it is in control over a lot of the legislative and political management of the area. Interestingly, New Netherland actually is combined with the islands in the Caribbean, the Dutch islands in the Caribbean. So the director general of New Netherland. So, for example, in the 1650s and 1660s, we see Peter Stuyvesant very famously as the director general or governor of New Netherland. He is also in charge of Aruba, Bonaire and Curaçao. So they are one unit. And the Dutch West India Company then is the one who appoints such a director general. They take care of a lot of the day-to-day business and they have the council in the colony that is in charge of really managing the day-to-day happenings, if you will. There's a lot going on when it comes to the Dutch West India Company. It's really founded in part to gain Dutch control, to fight the war against the Spanish and Portuguese, to really, as a part of that, also expand the Dutch Empire. So one of the things that actually is part of the Dutch West India Company that's oftentimes forgotten is that they are supposed to also settle these areas, colonize territories. It's oftentimes portrayed as a predominantly commercial company. But that is not really the case. It's very much also created out of wartime efforts as a way to expand the Dutch empire in the Atlantic world, kind of as a counterpoint to the Dutch East India Company in some ways. And this is where we see then that the colonization in New Netherlands and at some point it takes over Dutch Brazil, like it takes over Brazil from the Portuguese and names it Dutch Brazil or New Holland, Luanda in the 1640s, Elmina in I believe it was 1639. So it really also is focused on expanding. And that has to do with very much the competition and the continued war against the Spanish. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. There's some really interesting literature on that that talks about this and how the Dutch envisioned themselves as, for example, in America, as freeing indigenous populations from the yoke of the Spanish as they had just freed themselves from Spanish control. So it really was very important, not just on a practical matter and how they approached this, but also how they really thought about expansion and colonization and their role in the Atlantic world. 
the Dutch are very actively involved in the transatlantic slave trade. But this is a gradual process, and it initially is predominantly through privateering, that the Dutch capturing ships that hold and save people on them, these predominantly would be Portuguese ships. And so much of it initially is just part of some of the other things that they're doing within the Atlantic, and perhaps even accidental in some cases. It's really when they capture Brazil that slavery becomes a more important and prominent role of the Dutch in the Atlantic world. And that expands after their capture of Elmina and especially Luanda, which at that time was known to actually export thousands of people from West Central Africa to the Americas and Brazil in particular. This happens in 1641 that they capture Luanda. But 20 years before that, there had already been an opportunity, correspondence from the King of Congo, who actually tried to create an alliance with the Dutch to fight the Portuguese. And as part of that, he promised Luanda to them, in which he actually, in correspondence to the Staten General, claimed that at that time, there were already about 20,000 people who were exported from that area. And the Dutch probably would have acted upon that if that correspondence hadn't arrived too late for them to actually do so. I think that in some ways, they probably would have been more actively involved earlier if they had a chance to do so. But really, by the 1630s and 1640s, we see the Dutch are very actively involved in the transatlantic slave trade. And this continues throughout the 17th century. By the 1660s, they have this agreement with these Genoese merchants who hold the Spanish Ascento. And as part of that, they agree to shipping thousands of enslaved Africans that they will then be passed on to the Spanish colonies. And this is what actually leads to the development of Curaçao as what oftentimes is referred to as a slave depot, where the Dutch are importing enslaved people from Africa, keep them there for a short while so that they can regain their strength, their health, because many of them are very ill by the time they arrive in the Caribbean. And then from there are being shipped to the Spanish colonies. We also see in New Netherland that when the ship at Vitepaard, which is in fact the ship with the largest number of enslaved people to arrive in North America, over 300 people who arrived on that ship, those people, many of them were transported into the Chesapeake area. So we even in that region in New Netherlands see that it's not just that these people are imported to work in the Dutch colony, but also are actually part of a larger trade networks. And safe people were a huge part of New Netherlands and New York. It starts with the arrival of a group of enslaved men. One of them very likely is Manuel de Gerrit de Roos van Angola, from Angola. Simon Congo is another one of these men who very likely was there amongst the very first ones to have been brought there. And this was around 1627 that we know that they were in that area. In 1628, we know that there are enslaved women in the region. One of them is Maiken van Angola, also from Angola. And this is very interesting when looking at that early period that we really see that a lot of the people are coming from West Central Africa. So Congo, Ndongo, Angola. They are the very first people to arrive in this area. They're all enslaved by the Dutch West India Company and they labor for the Dutch West India Company. The population obviously increases over time and there's also more individuals who over time are enslaving people. But predominantly, the enslaved population is working for the Dutch West India Company. 
when thinking about New Netherland and New York as a Dutch person growing up in the Netherlands, I oftentimes heard the stories of how the Dutch used to own New York and how Peter Stuyvesant was this amazing governor. And again, real pride in having been the first people to settle this area. What never was told was that enslaved people were a huge part of that. And that is something that I really did not learn until much later. Next time, we continue our expose on the Dutch colony of New Amsterdam. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y using the code 30605.